Hi everybody, you're listening to the Rope Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, turn off now. As you probably know by now, this podcast is about rope bondage, and rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk, so we very strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to episode zero before attempting it. You can find that at the top of our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. This uh, Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom, and we're rope partners have been practicing together for a few years. And we're excited, as always, to share our passion for what we do from uh, Thailand, where we live. So, Maya, today we are going to talk about something a little bit different. Uh, we are talking about where rope scenes come from. Okay. Uh, so why why do we need to do this? What's what's happening here? Um, well, for starters, I don't think everyone needs to do this because everyone has a different approach to rope. And for some people, and I would include myself in that statement, uh, creativity is a big part of it. Uh, and you kind of want every rope scene to be sort of different and try new things all the time. For other people, and that is very fine too, uh, they're super happy with doing the same one or two things over and over and over again every time because that's more their style. They're not really interested in being creative. Uh, they're super happy with tying their TK and one photo a hundred times over. Sure. Okay. And and why else do we need different uh, ideas for rope? And, and don't they come from the uh, rope scene fairy? I'm, I'm pretty sure most bottoms think that... Um, um, a good scene just happens. They they live at the foot of the rope rainbow. Oh, that's that's where you get them. You have to find the foot of the rainbow, and then. In my can... experience, I don't think people who just bottom always understand the level of creativity that can go into a rope scene. So I think it's an interesting one for us to talk about. Okay, I'm I'm happy to be an open book and give away all my trade secrets. Okay, so why else do, do we want to um, have lots of ideas for rope? Um, actually, one issue you can um, run into if you always do the same rope is that human beings are different, and they're going to have different limits. They are going to have different kinks and interests, and so one size does not usually fit all. Okay. So if you have experience with building scenes and designing them, then you can more easily adapt to newer situations. Uh, Maya, I believe you are a bottom who's not always very fond of being tied in a TK. I do not do TKs, no. I and I think sometimes the rigors you have encountered have been thrown by that a little bit. I would say so, yeah. It usually um, involves a bit of a blink at the very least. Um, and for some of them, it's like I can see on their face that it's the visible struggle of like, wait, what? Mm. If I don't start, like the TK is the foundation stone for them, which is fine. Like it's a very um, common tie. Um, but when you say, well, actually, I don't tie those, then they're a bit thrown, even though I do chest harnesses, which is fine. So, yeah, it's an, an interesting one. All right. Um, so. Box. Where do you get your sources of inspiration? Like, how do you know? You can get them from pretty much anything and anywhere, honestly. Uh, I can name a few. Um, well, the most obvious one, probably, is that sometimes you get inspired by a rope photo. Okay. And so, yeah. what, what does that mean for us? Uh, you can find those on FetLife, you can find those on Instagram, wherever you get your goodness from. 
Um, and some people will want to reproduce the photo as is. I think that's not necessarily the most interesting thing you can do. What I like to do personally is get inspired by one detail in a photo or one specific part of a tie and say, huh, interesting, how could I integrate that in my style of rope? And what could I build starting from that? Okay, so you take it as a kind of starting point rather than just reproduce it. Uh, I mean, rope is not copyrighted as far as I know, so there's <laughs> nothing wrong Although there's intrinsically. Been some, there's been some, um, I mean, we don't need to talk about that now, but there's definitely been some uh, controversy around that. Yeah, like if you're um, doing master, uh, master prancing ponies harness, you need to pay in no, royalties. No, no, no. Um, okay, so what else? What else might inspire us? Uh, I think you can also get inspiration from art in general, uh, from photographies, from paintings, and so on. Uh, an easy one is get inspired by positions that people take in real life, uh, because they show you what range of motion the human body is capable of. And in my experience, bottoms like it better when you tie them in positions that the human body is actually capable of. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be fair. There's uh, only I've... so much body can do. Yeah. And sometimes riggers don't seem to understand that also. I have encountered a few riggers who did not really uh, understand that and tried to bend limbs in directions they don't bend in, and the result was not good. Yeah, or think that the position, I mean, it's important to think that the positions on FetLife may be taken by people who are professional yes. rock performers or, prof, or like professional yoga people or dancers or yeah. and, and their fitness level may be less than your typical kinkster, you know, living in suburbia who, who you know, walks twice a week but doesn't really do any other exercise. There are some amazing people up there who do five days of training a week, who have been training their bodies for years obviously don't feel like you need to be able to do the same things. Yeah. Um, okay. What about kinks? Do we ever use those to uh, We do. I, I, I would call that more of a um, bottom-up design, maybe, if you will allow me this uh, slightly corny joke. Um, so if you have a specific kink activity in mind, you might design a rope position that works well for that, Activity. Uh, I will. Uh, let's say, for instance, uh, you have a submissive who you want to do a throat training on. So you want to train that person to take uh, a penis or a dildo uh, deep into the throat. A position that works well for that is to have them lay flat on their back with their head. Uh, tilted back and then neck extended a bit. <laughs> and so that can be your starting point for your design. Say, okay, I, I know I need that position to achieve my goal. So, okay, what am I going to do with the legs? What am I going to do with the arms? How am I going to uh, stabilize them so that I thrust into their mouth? They're not like clopping around and so on. So like it's uh, more engineering for a purpose then. Okay. Um, I would also say sex positions is one that you might want to engineer around yes, uh, so definitely. not necessarily a kink but say you want to do um anal sex always in a particular my, i always want to do anal sex mm, very do. um in a particular position then maybe you're going to design your rope scene around being able to do that absolutely 
Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really love making these work podcasts and sharing it with you. Sadly, hosting a podcast isn't free, far from it actually. So if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at ropepodcast.com. You'll find ways to buy rope stuff so that we get a cut from your purchases and also ways to donate to us directly. And if you can't afford to do that, that's okay too. Just enjoy the podcast. Now back to our normal programming. Uh, then you can have some sources of inspiration that are a bit more out there. Okay. Uh, one that can be fun to do is getting inspiration from music. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so one thing we could do if you game is you can mm -hmm. look up a random uh, music album and uh, like give me a few uh, song titles and a few lyrics from songs and we can see if we can imagine a scene from that. Okay, well I have indeed the top 100 right now. So give me um, a number between 1 and 100. 17. 17. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so number 17 in the charts right now is an album called uh, Surf's Up with an okay. E. And the terrible, terrible name of the album, which I don't think we can do, is Fat White Family. Okay, let's do Surf's <laughs> Up then. Yeah, Surf's Up <laughs> seems like the better aspect. So immediately when you say Surf's Up, my idea yeah. would be to uh, tie someone upside down uh, over a bathtub and then slowly fill up the bathtub so that the water oh, is getting nice. closer closer to their nose and mouth and they're like uh, afraid that they're going to be unable to breathe and then depending okay. on your partner's limits you can actually dunk them in the water or not okay very nice uh, uh, for, yeah let's, let's do one more uh, 36 <laughs> oh what a terrible title that just shows you that we didn't plan that in advance nope. Uh, number 36, fascinatingly to me, is Rumours by Fleetwood Mac. Okay, uh, can you pull up the lyrics? Because I, I need a bit more to uh, go on. Yes, Rumours by Fleetwood Mac. It's quite the classic uh, album. Um, let's find the song titles. Ah. Lyrics. Oh no. Uh, never, here's some song titles. So, Go Your Own Way, Never Going Back Again, You Make Loving Fun. Okay, let's go with Go Your Own Way. Uh, what that inspires me to do is a two bottoms predicament uh, tie where they are both incentivized to pull on the rope in a different direction. So, maybe their hair is tied to two different opposite walls and then they need to pull towards that wall to relieve the tension on their hair, but by doing so, obviously, it would increase the tension on the other person. Okay, very nice. Um, all right, so so how do we make sure that we have a kind of store? So for you, you're a very creative person, and you can come up with stuff on the spot, Thank but you, for Mike. most people, I think, and I would be definitely included in this, I would need to have a bit of a think about it. So yeah. how might we... Uh, to be fair, inspiration it? strikes at any turn. Uh, for me, it's often in the shower, and I think I'm not alone in that, uh, or in transport while I'm on the train and stuff like that. Uh, so it's quite important that you have a place, a file of some type. It could be like a notepad, it can be something on your phone or on your computer, where you write down your ideas as they come, and you, as you said, store them there for later use. Okay. And what kind of things do you store? 
everything like little uh, little doodles of a position a few words that are inspiring me to do something uh, a photo or a part of a photo sometimes whole paragraph that describe a scene I want to do like it, I think um, inspiration comes in many forms and you need to be fairly free form to capture it yeah yeah but you might also want to capture things that your partners have said that they like that's I think yeah. a good to yeah, and actually a great source of inspiration that we haven't uh, mentioned yet is your own past. The scenes you've done that worked well, either with that person or with another person, can be reused either as is or recombined in a different way. You can take a successful element from one scene, integrate it in something else, like mix and match. Yeah, and so in terms of building blocks, I think it's useful to know what kinks you can put together in yeah. a scene. Uh, definitely, because rope is awesome, definitely we can have a lot of fun with nothing but rope. And we've done that quite a lot. Absolutely. Uh, but rope plus other things, really awesome too. Okay, so uh, what are we looking for in that? Uh, things that will build up on top of the rope and add uh, color or meaning or maybe surprise your bottom, hopefully in a good way. Because yeah. bad surprises are a thing. And you probably don't want those. No. Uh, and so typically things that work quite well with rope are uh, wax. Wax and rope uh, seem to be uh, often associated. Uh, because, well, when you're in rope, you can't move, so you can't uh, wiggle around. You're kind of very vulnerable to the wax dripping on you. And also I think there's a traditional um, Japanese culture association probably between those two types of play. Are you still here, Maya? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I had bored you to sleep. No, I was listening to you talk. Okay. Uh, another thing that I find works quite well with rope is precision impact. And by precision impact, I mean smaller implements that are going to be able to strike a very specific area. Because broader, wider implements tend to not work as well on, in rope because, well, rope is covering a lot of the body and probably if you want to strike skin, you want to be able to get in between ropes. Yeah, you're a big fan of caning. I yeah. love caning. Caning uh, and rope. It's definitely my favorite type of impact. Works really well with rope. Uh, we know some very, very skilled Japanese people who mix whipping with yes, ropes yeah. and who have mastered whipping to a level where they can have that precision where they get the whip exactly where they want it to go yeah and that seems to work for them quite well also uh what about you maya what other kinks have you successfully mixed with rope uh, i don't know i mean those that you said impact uh obviously lots of sexing in mm -hmm. in terms of rope definitely mm -hmm. rope rope can be great for that you've done some breath play also uh yeah okay breath play yeah, yeah I mean I think there's plenty that you can do and it's about understanding your own kinks and how they might fit together so what what other so kinks are one building block but obviously the actual rope itself is a bit of a bit of a core thing in terms of your creativity so how do you box um have building blocks of rope in your... uh well I have created for myself what I call a rope system. So I only tie a finite number of ties, unless I'm doing freeform, which is kind of its own thing. Uh, and then I combine those in different ways and lay them on top of one another to create more complex scenes. But 
each individual technique is actually very simple. Okay. Um, and is there any other building blocks that we might we might have to help us be creative? Uh, yes, definitely. One thing that is a big factor uh, of both inspiration and practicality is where you're going to tie the person, the location, uh, the furniture or features that might be available there. Uh, if you're tying in the middle of a forest and you're tying to trees, then the things you can do are very different if you're in a dungeon and you're tying to a frame or a whipping bench. Yeah, yeah. And you're hopefully going to know your own location pretty well, and that should then factor into your creativity. But it might be that you end up knowing a particular dungeon quite well as mm -hmm. well. Absolutely. I think that helps. And that goes to really knowing yourself, knowing mm -hmm. your area, knowing what you need. Uh, so for me, for example, um, I would need quite a lot of time because... Mm -hmm. That's, I like to really think about these things. And maybe I would go quite over the top in terms of my planning. So that's something to consider. Like, you don't need it to be an all-singing, all-dancing production to have a, an awesome, awesome scene. Mm, I think some people get nice confidence out of planning things in a lot of detail. Absolutely. And so if that's you, that's really nice. Take your time, like spend two hours drawing up schematics and whatever. I mean, it's part of the pleasure for a lot yeah. of people. Absolutely. So but don't yeah, deny don't... yourself that pleasure. Yeah, and it might be, and we haven't really mentioned this, um, that as a top, you're actually planning a scene with your partner. So it's yeah. a more um, coordinated effort. So in that case, you might you might do things a bit differently again. It's a really nice feeling of closeness and intimacy to plan a scene together and then execute it, actually. Yes, and in fact, we've done that quite a few times mm -hmm. now. In fact, quite a lot, yeah. um, where we plan scenes together, and we're quite different, we are. Um, and what we've learned is I need more structure, because I'm just not as confident a top as you are, so if we're planning for a third person, then mm -hmm. I need more space and time to think about it, I need more of a structure, um, whereas you on your own are much more um, able to just go with go with stuff. Yeah, I, I make it look easy, that's, that's the secret, like... If you're if you're a rigger, even if you spend eight hours planning the scene, just say it was a spur of the moment thing, so that you can look <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, do you have any other secrets to share before we go around how you plan your scenes? Uh, do what Fox would do. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. I'm not sure that's very actionable advice for the listeners. Uh, no, my real advice, all jokes aside, is. Don't force yourself to do something you don't want to do. Just focus on what you like and what your partner likes and don't care about what anyone else thinks. Yeah, that sounds like very good advice. Uh, so that's all from us at the World Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from, iTunes, Teacher, and so on. Uh, come friend us on FetLife and if you would like to support us, Come visit ropepodcast.com where you can find many ways to support us by buying rope stuff, buying video tutorials, or just contributing to our Patreon. And if you have time, give us a review because they make a super big difference to us reaching more ropey people. Um, we also love questions from listeners, so drop us a message on that and we'll try and answer you in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying.